Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com and there you will find all the best parts available for your car or truck. And when you're all done surveying through the rockauto.com gallery, make sure to write down in the how did you hear about us box that Locked On Podcast sent you. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, March 18th, 2021, the official first day of March Madness, right? I mean, the NCAA tournament with the first four games start tonight. We're not here to talk about that, but boy, oh boy, am I excited. Nervous, because I'm a Michigan fan and they got a one seed, but excited nonetheless. Today, as promised, is going to be part two of my crossover interview with the guys over at Lockdown White Sox. This one is me asking them questions about the Southsiders, and I've talked about the White Sox a fair amount. On here, I talked about all the Larusa stuff, but talking with them, I was reminded of the fact that that offense is absolutely loaded. That roster is loaded. And I know we've spent so much time talking about Larusa and what a, a insane hire that was. And I asked them about this in this interview, but I'll tell you right now, on March 18th, that team can win the World Series. Just talking about that lineup, it was impressive. I really like talking to these guys. So go ahead and enjoy part two of my interview with the guys over at Lockdown White Sox. What's the deal with Michael Michael Kopech? Is he is he healthy? Is he going to be in the rotation? Is he a bullpen piece? What's his outlook right now? They've stated that Michael Kopech will start off in the bullpen. He had a little minor setback the other day where he's injured, and then they just pushed him back to the Monday relief appearance versus the Cubs, which he did Michael Kopech things. You know, Michael Kopech comes in the game, and he's electric. He's got the 100-mile-per-hour fastball. He's got the the other stuff working for him. And now he's going to have a bullpen role where they're trying to establish him as a great weapon because our starting rotation, the top is a little heavy, and then we got Cease and then maybe Rodon or Lopez. So they want to ease Michael back in because, you said, he hasn't pitched in three years uh, in the major leagues. What they'll use him as is like a – a bridge, maybe in those starts where the fourth and fifth starters don't go enough, Michael Kopech can get the bridge to that filthy bullpen that the White Sox do have. Um, and then sometimes maybe a spot start for Michael Kopech during the season because what they want to do eventually is just build him up to being a starter next year. And okay. so that's what I my thoughts on Michael Kopech is for this year. He's just going to be a very underutilized player but when you see him, you're like, oh, son of a bitch, we got Michael Kopech again. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of out, out of necessity, too, because there's no playbook for a guy who hasn't pitched in three years and the starting and stopping and then opting out last year for COVID reasons. Yeah. And there's no you know, manual to this. So they're going to be very careful how they handle it. I think 
if the White Sox had it their way in a perfect world, they would get production from their fourth and fifth starter spot with Dylan Sees and Carlos Rodon. And Rodon's look good early on in the spring here. And I think their perfect world for Michael Kopech is to slowly ramp him up so he can be a multi-inning weapon that can be uh, implemented in the postseason. I think that's what they're looking for is having a guy that can give you another look second time through an order against whoever you're playing in, in the postseason and have that be when he's at his most effective, most warm, um, you know, arm is good. So, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know if they'll use him as an opener. I hope they're hoping that they don't have to do that. I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And then maybe next year they can reevaluate him in the starting rotation. But they said, Rakan has said, you know, when he first, uh, you know, had his press conference in Glendale at the beginning of, of the spring that they intend on, you know, it's sort of like the reverse Strasburg thing where they intend on, intend on ramping him up and conserving him early. So you may not see him a lot early on in the season, but, you know, by the end of the year, you'll be seeing plenty of Michael Kopech, hopefully. And, and I mean, it's different circumstances, obviously, but you look back to kind of how they handled Chris Sale when he was he was coming up and they started him coming out of the pen. He ultimately ended up becoming you know one of the best starting pitchers in baseball Uh, in Detroit, there's been so much frustration uh, and I have probably led the charge in terms of this frustration regarding the, the spending, how they've, how they've gone about signing free agents. I mean, this year we were kind of promised change and we didn't really get it. Not to say the signings were awful. You know, you bring in Wilson Ramos, who's, who will be the starting catcher, Robbie Grossman re-signed scope, but they're just cheap. They're, they're, you know, where we come from an era with Dave Dombrowski, where they were spending gobs of money on big time free agents. The difference is the Tigers aren't close yet. The White Sox are very close. I mean, they're a team that made the postseason a year ago have, you know, I'll ask you guys about this in a second, one of the best lineups maybe in the entire sport, I guess. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask uh, Herb, I'll ask you this question. What's Is there a frustration level regarding how they've spent their money during the offseason or is, is the general belief like, okay, I think I think good is good enough right now? I'll speak for myself because White Sox Twitter is very, very uh... – split on this some people are just like oh man team's ready to go what they did this offseason solid me i'm very disappointed Mm -hmm. it's an incomplete offseason when we're looking at these rebuilds all these rebuilds and we look at the cubs rebuild as the one that um is like the white Sox. so you strip it down to the bottom and you build it back up right what the cubs did when they had a chance they went out and got John Lester, one of the biggest free agent pitchers and probably their be- biggest free agent p- uh, signing of all time. Mm-hmm. They went out and got Jason Hayward. And no matter what you say about his success, he was a big time free agent. Mm-hmm. And they supplant like when they had uh, spots needed to be filled, they went out and got the best or what they thought were the best players to fill those spots. So the White Sox haven't developed a right fielder in ever. And designated hitter is also a problem in the last couple of years. This year, they're talking about Andrew Vaughn being a guy from single A when he did that in 2019 to jumping all the way to the majors this year. Fine. And if he is that good, smooth. But it's a, the process of that is just flawed. They're in the talks with Nelson Cruz. Of course, he went back to Minnesota. That would have been a perfect guy yeah. for the White Sox to have going into a year they're they're competing you went and traded one of the guys that i like the most dane dunning a promising young arm who started the third game of the playoffs 
for a one-year Lance Lynn. And I love Lance Lynn, what I've seen of him in spring and what he talks about after he's done pitching. But it's one year. So you're you're saying to the fan base, this one-year guy is here. So if we're getting this one-year guy, we're going for it. We're going for it. And Tony LaRussa is a 1,000. So to have a guy that old means that you're going for it. But they didn't follow up those signings and that uh, managerial hiring with enough players to say, okay, that looks like they're going for it. You had George Springer available. Didn't even come close to even offering him. And maybe I wasn't even looking at George Springer, but talk to him. See what's up. His number wasn't even that big when he signed with the Blue Jays. We downshift and we pretty much signed Adam Eaton in the middle of December. Like we're at a bar at 2 a.m. and trying to look for that last girl so we could take home instead of let's relax. Let's see what's out there. Let's see if somebody falls to us like they could have had Jock Peterson, which they tried to get him for $10 million. And he said no. And eventually he signed with the Cubs like late in the year, like in uh, January or February. It just like all their moves in the offseason weren't complimentary to the team that they have now the white Sox are going to be really great yeah the offense is awesome pitching staff awesome bullpen the best but i don't think that they pushed the gas down this year in 2021 where you see other teams do it and i know the padres and the dodgers are in the nl but you're gonna have to see them if you're gonna go to the world series and the yankees forever they've done they went out and got jameson tyone they got some reinforcements. They got their guys back to get DJ LeMahieu back. Mm-hmm. I just think that when you're in this position, you got to go for it. And it didn't seem this offseason like the White Sox were interested in going for it. They're interested in winning the championship, but they're interested in winning the championship for their price, not for anybody else's price. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And I, I get that completely, and I was surprised because I thought in general, I thought the offseason moves you guys made after 19 
And some of them didn't work out. Obviously, Mazzara didn't work out. But bringing in bringing in Grandal, I thought was an excellent signing. To me, he's one of the more underappreciated players in the entire sport. I mean, in terms of we're t- looking at framing metrics, one of the more valuable catchers in baseball over the last several seasons. And this year, yeah, it was it was kind of lower, you know, bargain bin signings. The thing is, I think that your rebuild is, you know, it, very comparable to what the Cubs did. But as you said, you guys haven't signed a John Lester yet, and, and, and you're waiting. You're kind of waiting for that big punch. And there were many guys available uh, this year that you know, they probably could they could have signed either short term like a Nelson Cruz or long term like a George Springer, and they didn't. But I also think that there is a lot of trust within the core that they have, which is understandable. This was a team that was very successful a year ago. Show, showed a whole lot of promise. And I, I do have to ask, and and I know you guys weren't happy about it, but I got to bring it up because I've said a million times on my podcast, the Tigers got incredibly lucky because the White Sox managerial position was probably the most appealing that baseball's seen maybe in the last decade. I mean, we're talking about a team that is absolutely on the up and up with a great core, a team with a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, an awesome lineup, and A.J. Hinch would have walked there. And I, I don't care what he said in the press conference. He would have absolutely Cora would have too, if they would have offered him also, I guess. And so I know you guys aren't happy with the Larusa hire. I've, I've followed you enough to know that I just get the mood of general baseball fans. I don't know of any white Sox fan who is, but uh, and I'll ask you this crest, this question, Chris, just, is there any good you see out of this? Is there any positive uh, that you've seen coming out of this hire where that's maybe made you change your opinion a little bit? Or are you still as negative as you were when it happened. No, absolutely. I, I sort of changed the way I look at at this. You know, the, the story, just from the from jump, like it was just a very complicated and a very layered situation, and it was just so much of a, of a nuisance more than it had to be. You know, this was like you said, a very appealing gig, and it felt so White Sox to bring in a guy that was here thirty years ago, and you're. You know, they try to debunk narratives about, uh, you know, righting wrongs from from previous history when the former general manager, Hawk Harrelson, fired Tony La Russa. And, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf became friends with Tony and remained friends with him throughout his, you know, successful years in Oakland and St. Louis. But and then it got more complicated with the DUI incident. And that's really where, you know, the, the not the entire fan base, but most of the recent fan base like us, Herb and I really got upset about that because they, you know, Report came out, Bob Nightingale said Jerry Reinsdorf knew about it before it happened and seemingly didn't tell his own general manager, Rick Hahn. So there's that layer baked into it. So we were wrestling with that back and forth all offseason. Who, who knew what and when? And then, you know, once camp starts, things begin to shift a little bit. You know, you put, you put all that stuff behind you and you can focus on things happening in the field. And I got to tell you, I've been really impressed with Tony La Russa. And, you know, I did say after – the hire was announced before even the DUI stuff came out. I said, ask me how I feel about the hire when they when they break spring training and they're ready to play uh, against the Angels on opening day. I'll tell you what I think about the managerial hire because Herb and I generally think managers don't matter that much. But at the same time, Tony La Russa is a Hall of Famer, right? He's a Hall of Famer baseball person, as he told the, the Maricopa County Police. And I've been impressed by him so far in, in spring training. He's a smart guy. He knows his personnel. And you could tell he did – a ton of homework. Now, the funny thing about that is who knows at what point he was promised this gig, but he came in on day one and he knew the roster top to bottom. You're talking about guys that most of the diehard fans didn't have 
you know, being a contributor in 2021. Jimmy Lambert is a guy who most Sox fans, you know, we saw him in the bullpen last year, but Tony comes in like first day. He's like, yeah, Jimmy Lambert's a guy who I could see, you know, making a competition out of this thing and making a spot start here or there early on in the season. So Sox fans were kind of like, okay, all right, we see you. But he has really engaged this team in a, in a fun way. And any of the the stuff that people talked about, oh, they're not going to be able to have fun. There's going to be no more bat flipping. Guys are going to scared be scared to be themselves. And Tim Anderson added a lot of fuel to that fire early in the offseason when he basically said, before Tony even reached out to him, like, yeah, I'm going to be me regardless. And so everyone kind of followed his lead. And I also said that Tony's smart enough to know a clubhouse with good chemistry when he sees it. You know, th- those things are built and forged over years uh, of of ups and downs of baseball seasons, and the, the Sox had a perfect mix in the clubhouse, and Tony's smart enough to know not to mess that up, and so far, so good. You know, I like what I've seen, and he's doing a lot of fun situational stuff, getting them prepared to go from a good team to a great team in terms of the things that they're working on, the fundamentals and the situational hitting, stuff that these young guys really haven't done much of in their development when they're going through the rebuild. So now they're learning how to win and take it to the next level. And so far, I think we could finally say we put all the ugliness of the offseason behind us with the Tony La Russa hire, and now we can only focus on the good things because everything about Tony La Russa, everyone said first thing he does when he wake up in the morning is figure out how to win the baseball game. And he's got a hell of a bullpen, and Tony loves his bullpens. So he can deploy this bullpen any way he sees fit in a lot of fun ways and have it day in and day out, even though you have a solid starting rotation. Hopefully he won't need to use a bullpen as much, but I think Tony's going to have a lot of fun with this team, and they're going to have fun having him as the manager because they're going to win a lot of games, and ultimately it won't matter. It's a weird thing because, objectively speaking, Tony La Russa is one of the greatest managers of all time. And ideally, you would, I mean, in terms of success, you look at what he did, you know, in Oakland and in St. Louis, like you would think, okay, this is a guy you want managing our team. But I think because of how much the game has changed over the last 10 years with the influx of, of analytics and sabermetrics, I, I think there's a lot of people who will believe that he may be a little bit stuck in his ways. And, and we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Ultimately, like you, like you said, you know, a manager's worth, you know, four or five games a year. Now, my argument, my counter argument to that has always been, yeah, but those games can be the difference between, you know, making it to the World Series and not missing the postseason, obviously. But I, I, I wanted to ask, and this question will be for you, Herb. You know, the, it's been an adage as old as time, right? The idea that the the team on the South Side is is not as appealing or or sexy as the team on the North Side. But I I contend that over the last two years, there's been a shift. Not only have we seen broadcasters go from, you know, we've seen a uh, 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 Len Casper go from. Uh, the Cubs, all of a sudden now he's going to be doing radio uh, for the White Sox this year. But you have Tim Anderson, who's one of the more likable, fun players in the sport. You have Lucas Giolito, who just seems like an unbelievable guy, really wholesome dude. You know, uh, Eloy Jimenez, those guys having fun in the outfield. Uh, those clips were hilarious last year of, of you know Jimenez stealing his balls in the outfield uh, last season. I thought you meant him winding up in the net at Comerica. I was like, that wasn't so funny for us. No, no, exactly. Yeah, no, I wasn't talking about And he was the, he was the one who, who injured himself during the Giolito cell celebration right well they yeah. say they say well they say that he heard it in the cleveland series oh okay. um, and then he re- but and then he re-aggravated it yeah that's that's what put him out for that for that playoff series but yeah you're 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 yeah <laughs> yeah it's but, he's fun no matter oh, what no, he's no, doing I mean, there's a ton of fun players a <laughs> lot of power a lot of home runs i mean it's it's a really it's one of the best cores we've seen in a minute do you guys get the impression because i'm not i don't live in chicago has there been like more of an influx of media attention 
surrounding the White Sox now that they seem to be ascending and the team on the north side is kind of so-so or maybe descending or going the other direction? I would say, yeah, I think that the trend of baseball is fun and we need fun things to look at, especially since we've gone through a pandemic and still in a pandemic. You know, you always look over to the Padres. They have Fernando Tatis, Mr. Excitement, and then the White Sox. So I think those two teams are specifically the teams that the rest of baseball is like, man, not only are they good, but they're fun to look at. They're fun to to watch the games because, you know, when they do something, they're going to have an enjoyable time. I mean, Eloy is electric with his smile and his bat is just as good. Um, you were speaking about Luis Robert. That guy is a monster in his rookie year, won a gold glove, and he's just getting to the tip of the iceberg of his talent. Like he'll after his, the year three, which is next year, he'll be probably one of the best players in the game. I'm already calling that because the guy just knows baseball right now as a second year player. And imagine when he learns the pitchers and what they're trying to do to him. He's going to be a beast. Um, yeah, and fun guys like Lucas Giolito like to have a good time on the mound, like to have a good time with his teammates. And I think that... Don't forget Yoan. Yoan's going to oh, yeah, come, Yoan, come out. I mean, he has his own music video, and he's going to use it as his walk-up this year. Oh, yeah, he's got the <laughs> sexy video. I mean, he's got the shirt open. I mean, another thing, like Eloy's got only like two buttons on his shirt. I hope Tony doesn't change that about him. So, yeah, they got a lot of fun dudes on the team. The guy that is our best player, the American League MVP, he's a little stoic, but these young players keep him young, and they keep him happy in Jose Abreu. So, yeah, this is a, a shift in where this, I would say, 70 or 65, 35 Cub fans to Sox fans when – uh, a couple years ago. Now it's still Cub Town. It's probably like 60-40, but we're coming. With the young the young kids, the millennials and the Generation Z people, they're, they're gravitating towards the White Sox and the fun that they have all the time at the ballpark. And it doesn't hurt that they're winning and that they're multicultural. Like uh, having a, an African-American as one of your best players is very un, unusual in baseball nowadays. A lot of Cubans on the White Sox, adding Liam Hendricks, an Australian. You know, it's just a very, very well-rounded and fun team to root for. It's very hard to root against the White Sox unless you're in the AL Central. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Salted Caramel versus Cookie Dough Chunk. I like both of these a lot. I love cookie dough things. I love all things with cookie dough. Sometimes I have an entire roll of raw cookie dough just for fun. I might have one time as a kid, but that's beside the point. Go to Built Bar 
com or at Bill underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're counting down the days to opening day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Next Wednesday, March 24th, the Lockdown MLB Podcast begins one of our biggest events of the year, the Lockdown MLB Division Preview Series. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around each team. Follow Lockdown MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I mean, look, last year I, I found myself rooting for them, honestly, because I, I like how they've built their system up. I, I like the core players. Luis Roberts going to win an MVP at some point in his career. That guy is is a five-tool, generational, can't-miss caliber talent. And I know Kyle Lewis won Rookie of the Year last year. If we, I think in a full season, given his power and, and how quickly I think he would have adjusted, I think he probably would have ended up winning it. I think he's going to be one of the top 25 players in baseball this year. I honestly think so. I'll ask you this straight up, Chris, because this is uh, a lineup that has a ton of power. They have guys who hit for average. Is this the best lineup in baseball at full health? With Moncada at full health, is this the best lineup in the, in the sport? Oh, man. It's it's hard to argue against it. The The problem is, though, is it to see who bounces back to their more true version of themselves. Like if Yohan Moncada goes back to 2019 Yohan Moncada where he was a top 10, you know, he got a top 10 MVP vote. Then, yeah, uh, Adam Eaton, if he goes back to more so what's on the back of his baseball card, then, yeah, there, like, there's a lot of, of, of variables here. And, and I totally agree with you about Luis Robert. You know, he really struggled in September. But, you know, early on this spring, it looks like he, he's starting to figure out what pitchers are trying to do to him. So if he makes that adjustment, look out. But, yeah, I mean, who else would you even have up there uh, in terms of best lineup? So, you know, Yankees, Dodgers. Dodgers I, I, yeah. yeah. The only one I would have is up there and can would probably be the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah, you know, that that's that's an interesting, you know, at Dodgers with the experience, but yeah, in the in the American League, yeah, I could probably sit here today and say the White Sox have the best lineup. Like they they're versatile in that it's not just a bunch of thumpers. You know, Miguel, you know, I always talk about Eloy and I see a lot of a young Miguel Cabrera because when he's at his yeah. best, he's he's hitting for power to the opposite field and he's not trying to do too much with it. So I'm really encouraged like if that's like your quote unquote bopper in the middle of the lineup, like he's talking about how, you know, he wants to win MVP this year and a lot of people are predicting him to hit 50 home runs. It would be the first time in franchise history that a White Sox player has hit 50 home runs. Albert Bell with 49 leading the way. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of versatility in the approaches and the guys in this lineup and I think that's what makes them so dangerous they're not one-dimensional they've got on-base guys like Grandal and TA just sets the tone at the top where he can you know sort of have that Ricky Henderson effect at the beginning of a ball game where he can take you deep and really you know set a, a charge into the rest of your lineup so yeah it would be it would be hard to argue uh, that there's a, a lineup better in the American League than the White Sox right now. Herb were you surprised by the, the money that Liam Hendricks got, because in fairness, we talked about, you know, them kind of their lack of spending during the offseason. Liam Hendricks got a big deal. Were you, were you surprised that they, that they splurged the way they did on him? Yeah, because I thought like spending money on a closer and we talk about this all the time. Don't right. pay for don't pay for closers, pay for outs. And the White Sox already had a premium bullpen. Without mm-hmm. Liam Hendricks, I mean, they could have re-signed uh, Colome, who went to Minnesota, and I think for much less. But when you have the premier 
closer out there and premier reliever out there, it's good to go and get him. And we were hyped when he got him, but also had some trepidation because we're like, it's a lot of money to spend. And so if they're going to say, oh, we spent a lot of money, we're done type of thing, then we're going to be really pissed. And that's exactly what happened. Right. Where it's like, oh, yeah, guys, we spent all this money. Sorry. Um, yeah, getting a right fielder, that's really good. Now, a de- designated hitter? <laughs> Come on now. Um, so that's the only problem I have with Liam Hendricks. Um, I, congratulations to him for getting that great deal. He earned it. But I would just wish for if they knew that they had a pile of money to not spend it on a closer, especially when you have – this type of team where they could have had Cody Hoyer um, be the closer this year if they didn't want to spend any money on that bullpen. And I think what most White Sox fans have been like, you know, we probably should have just re-signed Alex Colomay or something else, but they would have been like, you know, Cody Hoyer is pretty filthy himself. And uh, it, it would be hard for them to be like, I don't like the back end of the bullpen. So getting Hendricks, it's awesome. It solidifies the bullpen, but we also knew in the back of our minds that if they spent all that money on him, they would cry poor for everybody else. And that's what they did. And that's why the, the off season for us was largely disappointing. Yeah. And I, I'm with you there. Cause it's, he's probably the best closer in baseball. Right. But when we're talking, when you sign him to a multi-year deal and I, in general, I'm kind of against just splurging on relievers in general because they are so inconsistent. I mean, more so than any other position, you show up one year and you can just not have it. We've learned that many times in Detroit. And I really liked Alex Colomay and just thought, you know, you could sign him to a two-year deal for less money and get a guy who's, you know, close to as effective. But with that said, it's a good problem to have. Liam Hendricks is elite. This will be my last question, and it'll be for both of you. I uh, finished this sentence. By the end of the year, the White Sox will be – in the American League Championship Series. Chris? Oh, man. I'm going to make you reveal it here, Herbie, on, on Locked on Tigers. <laughs> um, World Series champions. Damn. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I'll make, my, I'll make my case for this later on, but I think it's it's more of a, of a situation where they have the, the mix of talent where they don't know any better, and they've got – free agents uh to be like they got Lance Lynn here for one year they have they have a lot of guys that are here on on short windows combined with the guys that are just entering into their prime years so I think it's really a perfect mix Mm -hmm. of them to be a World Series champion at the very least be in the World Series I I think representing the American League I think they got the experience they needed last year in the postseason they have that sour taste in their mouth mainly because the front office didn't give them enough horses to compete I think if they have a, a better rotation last year they may be advanced and beat Oakland in that wild card series. So I think they have that chip on their shoulder and they have that young arrogance where they don't know any better. And, you know, that that's half the battle is, is you know, the visualization of it all. And they've got an ace in Giolito anchoring the staff. So I really think this is their best year to capitalize. Like, who knows what their window is going to look like a couple years from now, but it's hard to argue with the mix that this team has right now that they can't compete for a World Series. You know, I, they're, I think they're going to win the division. And, you know, you get in, you obviously you have a shot with the opening day roster. I don't know if I could go World Series, but the other thing that they also have is a lot of depth in the farm system. So if you want to make a huge splash at the deadline, you can trade some of your key prospects for and you know, who knows who will be available for most likely, you know, an elite starter to be that that perfect number two, that perfect complement to Giolito once you get to the postseason. And we saw last year 
that Giolito was made for October. He was brilliant in that outing against Oakland. So yeah, it's it's a dangerous team. I would say they're the proverbial favorite to uh, win the American League Central and, and one of the favorites to win the American League, if not the World Series. Appreciate you being on. It was a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, we'll keep in touch. I'll see you guys soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. All right, that'll do it for that crossover episode. Thanks to Chris and Herb for talking with me. That was a lot of fun. I really like those guys a lot. like talking about the White Sox. I think that's going to be a really exciting team coming up this season. I promise you to the people who may be listening to this and going, man, I want to hear more about the Tigers. I promise you that's coming. Tomorrow's show is going to be dedicated completely to the spring training games, the last few that we watched. Some interesting stuff I want to talk about, especially Tarek Skubal, who... I think it's it's a 90% chance this guy makes a team out of spring training. But we're going to talk all about that tomorrow on Friday. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Like I said, I'll be back here tomorrow talking about some more spring training news, talking about the Tigers in full. I appreciate all of you sticking with me. Be right back here on Friday. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.